0: Hello and welcome to the latest podcast. I'm Brady Ackerman on the Brady Ackerman Show. Appreciate you checking us out. Thanks to our friends at Campus Outfitters. As always, located on Archer Road in Gainesville, your home for officially licensed Gator apparel. You coming in for a baseball series soon, maybe a softball series. You're going to be around this summer? Go on by Campus Outfitters. Make sure you tell Chris Kennedy and the good folks over there, Brady Ackerman it's sent you in. They'll take very good care of you. Well, a lot of things to get to. We're just going to kind of bounce around some ideas today on the program. Uh, you know, our last podcast, we spent a lot of time talking about the quarterback battle, the quarterback position. Uh, right now, the coaches are going on the road to spring recruit. So as you move forward, it'll be spring recruiting, lots of recruiting. Of course, I don't talk a lot of recruiting. I'll just call it like it is. I mean, I, if I see a player I think can play, I'll say, that guy can play. They need to sign him. Um And then, you know, on and on and on. So they'll do the spring recruiting uh, about two weeks until finals are done. Players will have two weeks off. Then the summer workouts will begin for summer A, summer B, obviously the entire summer as they get ready to report back August 1st or right around there uh, for the start of the 2018 season. And, um, you know, so we spent a lot of time on the last podcast talking about the quarterbacks. Had some people ask about it. Uh, you know, again, I think a lot of people are – in, in in different camps and you know you read some of the stories online about some of the players comments about other their players on the team and they're going to be politically correct when they talk to the media that they're supposed to you know say positive things but I really feel like the team in general is looking for somebody to step up and be a leader I mean truly take the job regardless of which three guys it is so we'll keep an eye on that we'll get back to the quarterbacks Maybe in our next podcast as things develop, uh, but certainly Florida is going to keep an eye on seeing if whether or not they get the graduate transfer and or potentially adding a second quarterback to this class of next year, which um, makes a lot of sense to me if they can get to they like because I would think one of these two guys Trask or or um, Franks will be gone and you know originally I always thought it'd be Franks because you know Trask wasn't high, that highly recruited but if people watching the spring games the last two years and they they get he gets enough tape uh i darn sure guarantee you uh, a major college program would take kyle trask that has a pro style offense not that he can't run florida's offense but you know definitely so uh we'll keep an eye on that continue to talk about it macarthur burnett has decided to transfer he's kind of a interesting career he's a he's a talented kid who just uh, he just never got on the right side of McElwain's staff and Mostly a special teams guy. Uh, So he makes the second transfer. But I kind of believe Burnett would have transferred whether Dan Mullen was hired or not. McElwain would have been here. I think he might have transferred. So um, at this point, we're not seeing a lot of attrition with the new coach. All right? A couple of reasons why. Number one, this is a very young football team. Young guys that haven't had a lot of success. So or a little bit of taste of it their freshman year, getting there and getting hammered by Alabama. So I think when you look at it, yeah, they, they're almost like Mullins recruits in a lot of ways because it's not a heavily dominated junior-senior class like Urban Meyer inherited. Uh, the, some great classes from Ron Zook. Like uh, even Steve Spurrier inherited when he was, uh, began at Florida. So to me, it's a talented group of young guys that haven't proven themselves yet. Uh, And some who've had a little bit of taste. Then you have some upperclassmen, you know, the Ivies, the Jeffersons, and so forth. But look, think about that. The stars of this team right now. And there, and Marco Wilson's had one year of college football. It doesn't matter if it was Randy Shannon or Todd Grantham. Marco Wilson just wants to go to the NFL and be a great player. I mean, obviously, he wants to win championships. But my point is, he he he's not that invested in the prior staff. Uh, as a matter of fact, Quincy Wilson was recruited by Must Champ. So, you know. Um, no, I, I think that, you know, him and Henderson, although I know those guys like Shannon and, and the guys that recruited him. I'm not saying that. But, I, I mean, I'm just thinking of the star power. You know, Scarlet is he really invested? Is it hard for him to flip the switch to Dan Mullen when he sat out last year? It's like a new, new, new lease on life. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, some of the offensive linemen they've been around, but those guys just want to win. So I don't think the conversion change from old coach to new coach has been that big a deal, you know? I mean, I can't look out there and honestly see a guy that didn't have a fair shot this spring and say, well, I'm getting out of here. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't, you know, Jake Allen is the one who deserves to leave because he didn't sign up to be in a, this type of offense. But who else is going to leave, you know? Um you know, you got some guys that have been injured. Kevonis Davis, that's down the depth chart. I mean, Kevonis Davis, the guy started at Florida as a freshman late in his uh, season. He's, uh, he's fourth team on the depth chart, but he didn't practice this spring. We know he was spending last year and had some injuries, but he's a good player. Um, you know, we didn't see any of uh, some other guys as well during the spring. So I, I think they're pretty much bought into what Mullen is doing. Good players want to be coached hard. Good players want to be pushed. Good players want to be told they can do better. If not, they're not very good. They're entitled players. Entitled players will get you beat. They're good. There's good ones that are entitled. They make plays, but eventually they'll get you beat. All right. Uh, just you know, the 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 standard of college football right now is is Alabama. Is there anyone, any guy on that team that's selfish or in that program? No, they bought into the collective process, that word which is vastly overused, and they all get to go to the NFL. They all get to win a bunch of games. They all get to uh, play for championships and then get a degree as well from, from Alabama. So it's, a, it's everybody's all in. You're not going to get a prima donna in there and, and not get flushed out of the system. Uh, and so I think the fact that everybody's kind of all in, uh, they're kind of buying into what's going on, I think, because they want to win. I think they a, a couple of good young recruiting classes that McElwain put together uh, with Conliff and Slayton and Wilson and Henderson and some of these guys, with uh, some guys that have been around. And you're not going to leave your senior year like you know a Jordan or an Ivy or a Jefferson and those kind of guys. I think it's a good mix. I really do. I think it's a good mix for success. Um, a lot of people are wondering how high that ceiling is. Because of the way the spring game was presented, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about that was more about fun. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, I'm telling you, it's an eight and four football team right now. It's an eight and four football team. But I got no idea how good they can be at quarterback. And I got no idea yet if Jefferson and Grimes are ineligible or eligible. So if you're going to run Felipe Franks out there and you're going to tell me Grimes and Jefferson are not your receivers, I still think this is an eight and four football team. I mean, I look at Mississippi State, tough game. LSU, tough game. Georgia, tough game. FSU, tough game. South Carolina in the swamp, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't think it's an easy game. I think it's a tough game. But, I mean, I like Florida's chances in that game. Uh, Kentucky, Missouri, nah. Tennessee, you know, up there. I, I think, you know, they had a nice spring game. I think Jeremy Pruitt's going to get them back. There's no question in my mind that he's going to... Uh, do a good job there unless he gets undermined but i think he'll do a good job so i think georgia tennessee and florida are gonna rise up the next few years and and really be make the east a lot stronger than the west i don't ever think the east will be better than the west top to bottom because i just think the west bottom is better With uh i mean my goodness you know i think arkansas should be a good team old miss you know those are your bottom teams. That, that's pretty good. I, I look at the bottom of the East, and once Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee are right, South Carolina, Missouri, I don't know, Tennessee. I mean, Kentucky's solid under Stoops. I guess it's Vanderbilt, and they're, they're okay. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe the East can be better. But, you know, I look at their schedule, I think they're going to be 8-4. and four. They're an 8-4 football team, folks. We're not here to – Uh, paint a picture of anything better than that or worse than that because it's too early to tell they've had 15 practices the good news is you know they got a lot of time to get better um they catch Tennessee in a coaching change even though they got to go up there um you know uh, they got to go to Starkville is going to be probably might be their toughest game LSU comes here um George's in Jacksonville. They catch Talla. you know, they catch the semis in a coaching change, although, you know, he does a pretty good job at turning programs around. So they'll be good. They're not gonna be a, a great team, but they'll be good. Um but I mean where where when you look at that schedule, do you see another losing season? I I don't see it. Not not with Dan Mullen being the coach. Uh I think he's he's got enough equity. Uh he knows how to win. Um, games and, and win games he's supposed to win. I can think of games, he, you know, two years ago he lost South Alabama, in a freak game. Uh, I think they missed a field goal or an extra point at the end or something like that, but generally Dan Mullen built Mississippi State on winning easy non-conference games and then winning his conference games he should win. A lot of them at home. And occasionally he pulled it upset, but he didn't have a great record against LSU. Or a great record against uh, Alabama when they were on top, but nobody did. He's playing a Mississippi State, so I-, I think overall that that the the expectations for this team coming out of spring right now should be eight. And Vegas has it what seven and a half, so I think eight's about right. I mean, I think you should take the over. If you want my opinion? Now all that could change if a quarterback rises up, if the two receivers are eligible. Um, and then off you go. Uh, I think they still could use some talent at linebacker, but I think that they're going to be really good regardless uh, on defense because they're going to play a lot of guys. So uh, a lot of things to talk about with regards to that coming up through the summer, some of their toughest games on the schedule, uh, where we see some of the, the, the possible hiccups in the schedule and so forth. But I think from an expectation level, uh, this was a four-win team last year. I think it's an eight-win team this year. That's doubled down. Not a whole lot's changed, except you make some first downs, play some young quarterbacks, and put in a system that that ultimately will be the backbone of how you move the football. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. Catch lightning in a bottle, they catch lightning in a bottle. But I just don't see this staff and this personnel doing anything less than that. I mean, you say, well, wait a minute, Brady, couldn't go seven and five or six and six? No, because they got three quarterbacks that are about the same. So there's not this Will Greer drop off to Treon. There's not this uh you know big drop off. I, I they're a running football team. The spring game was an anomaly. They, they it was a it, it was not real. It wasn't real play calling on how it's really going to be. They got a chance to work on the passing game, which is good. But this is going to be a running football team. They're going to line up and move the ball and, and and wear you down and um hopefully have a quarterback get the ball out of his hands quick, you know, to open receivers. So um and there were some open guys that these guys missed trask miss frank's miss jones miss so guys are getting open um which is a positive sign uh just need those two uh, thoroughbreds to get eligible so the expectation level i think as we enter the spring and summer speaking circuit you get out there you're you're at your local gator club and yeah i think we could win them all um you know i think that's a little bit of a stretch but i will say this and I'm not here to, to anoint Georgia, but I think Kirby Smart's got it going on. Don't get me wrong. But where on where on Florida's roster, where on Florida's schedule, does someone has a clearly better roster than them? Hmm. I mean, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Georgia, South Carolina have a better roster than Florida. Florida State, no. That's my point. My point, Ben. I don't think Florida's roster has been that far off Florida State the last five years that they've kicked Florida's tail. There, you know, when Tennessee had a Florida's had three losing seasons in the SEC since 2011. That's just mind boggling. That's coaching. That's coaching. Hey, you ask Jimbo Fisher. Well, they won what five or six straight. Do they look across and go, oh, "Look how what a." Cupcake roster that is no. Think how good those defenses were. You know when I remember when Tennessee was going through its downturn under Dooley and then Kiffin tried to turn it around for a year, but he, he didn't stay long enough. Their talent was bad. They were slow. They were small. They weren't physical. And Florida was beating up on them. That wasn't as much. I mean, I guess it's coaching because you got to do you got to recruit. But that was that was talent Florida's got talent that that's not the issue so this is not Florida's not going to walk out there now if Florida was playing Ohio State maybe Oklahoma Alabama maybe in the opener they're playing Clemson then I think they might be outmatched talent wise but any of those other schools no no nobody on their roster is just going to walk out there y'all you, you you folks go to high school football games right you go to a, Pee-wee football games, right? I mean, at nine out of ten games on Friday night, who's out coaching who? Nobody. There's good high school coaches. Don't get me wrong, but who's really out coaching somebody? You give me American Heritage's roster last year, and I, you go take any team in, you know, take another team in the state, not a, you know, a six and four team or whatever. Well, you think you have a chance to win? I'll even tell you what plays I'm calling. You ain't beating me. That, and that's when you have a better roster than most teams. So, you know, that, that doesn't happen. This isn't, you know, there's too much balance in college football anyway, and I don't think Florida's roster's that bad. You know? I really don't. I mean, there's some deficiencies, don't get me wrong, that, that this is not what Dan Mullen envisioned this being. I mean, we're a couple years away from that. But if the two receivers are eligible... And they stay healthy. Florida's roster can compete with anybody on their schedule. Are they, are they where they need to be to play for a championship? Absolutely not. And that's why I got them at eight and four. But I'm not going to sit here and say they got four losses on their schedule because they can't play with anybody. I mean, you look at Vanderbilt right now. If you're a Vanderbilt fan and you're looking, trying to figure out if Vanderbilt's going to be bowl eligible. And, and Derek Mason's done a, a, a solid job. I didn't think he'd do that great of a job there. I thought he was a risky hire. He's done a pretty good job. He's a good coach. The wh- What is your expectation right now? You see what I'm saying? Oh, I hope we can get 6-6 six and six and get to a bowl game so we have something to do. But, I mean, you're hoping. Because you know you don't have the roster to play with Florida and Georgia and South Carolina right now with Muschamp, what he's doing. And whoever your crossover game is, for God's sakes, in the West. So I mean, let you know, let's. Sometimes people they, well, we play this game here, or they got a better quarterback than we do. All those things are great, but as a fan, all you want to know is your roster is good enough to compete in every game. There's not a game out there that you should go to feel like Florida's going to lose. I just hope we score a touchdown. Every game you should go in thinking they're going to win. They're not, but I mean, every game, and so. Um, And who knows what happens with the quarterback? Who knows? Now, a lot of people have asked me via Twitter and on Facebook at the Brady Ackerman Show on Facebook where you can comment about how will they handle the carries at running back? How will they, you know, um, figure out who gets what and so forth? Uh, I don't know Coach Knox very well, um, although he did a tremendous job being the head coach in the bowl game against Mississippi State or against Louisville for Mississippi State. This is going to sound very elementary to you folks. You're going to be like, wow, that's some real good insight. Glad we're paying for this podcast. See, you didn't know I'm charging your credit card. You don't even know it right now. See? Yep. ching No, I'm just kidding. Um, it'll work itself out. It'll work itself out. What do you mean? What do you want me to tell you? This guy's going to get 15 carries. going to get 10. This guy's going to get five. This guy's going to catch a couple balls out of the backfield. No. It'll work itself out. You got to go through camp. You got to figure out what the rotation is. Got to figure out who's going to start. Going to figure out, you know, the, the, the one thing I can tell you, and I don't know, like I said, I don't know Greg Knox, but he, you don't coach that position as long as he hasn't had that much success without going into a room and setting parameters. What he will do is he will say, okay, here we are. This is how we're going. And he might have already done this. We just don't know. This is how we decide who plays. This is how we decide who gets the most carries. All things created equal, this is how we break the tie. That's it. And let the guys decide for themselves. You know? I mean, I'm a big believer and I hated the way Florida did it 2 years ago. I'm a big believer and give it to one guy and let him get going. If they'll watch enough tape on Scarlett, they give the big boy the ball and let him go. Let it ride. All right. I think Florida's going to run the ball 50 times a game. I think that's 40 carries for the running back position or more on a good day. I think that's 20 carries for your lead back, 15 carries for your two back, and another 10 to 20 carries for the rest of the backs. So today, Scarlet P. Ryan, we'll see who's number three. Right now, probably Pierce. But guess what? It works itself out. Not all those guys are going to stay healthy, are they? Not all those guys are going to do with the parameters in the room. Or... Malik Davis is going to come back, hopefully. Although I think it's a stretch to ask him back for the opener. Lemons has got some lightning speed. they got to figure out how to get him the ball, even if he's not in the top three. So it'll work itself out. But that's how I see it. And that's why I think it's a deep group and a good group. Um the better you run the ball, the more you can protect a young quarterback. Look at Georgia last year. They played a freshman quarterback in Jake Fromm, who I think is probably a more accomplished passer than Emory Jones is. Coming out of high school, I just, I, I just think he's more solid. Um, the coaches were raving about him last summer. And as soon as Eason got hurt, boom, game over. And that might be the same situation at Florida. Franks might be the starter. Gets hurt, boom. Jones takes over, or Trask might be the starter. Same thing. So, um, you know, it's I to me the running back position, and a lot of people ask this. I think it works itself out. I don't. I will say this, and I'll be critical if they do it like this, like they did two years ago. Nobody, no good running back. And I played the position, so this is one where I can say, you know, I've coached quarterbacks, I've coached receivers, I've been an offensive coordinator in high school, I've coached an entire offense. Okay. I played running back, there's not a running back worth his salt that is as good as he can be if you give him a couple of carries, take him out, put another guy in. It's your series now. You go. It's not fair. You got to let a guy get lubed up, let him get oiled down, let him get going, get those juices flowing, hit that, you know. And so I, I think that it'll work itself out, but I think in a lot of ways – they, my gut will be that if they'll play the hot hand, if and, and they'll have a one and a two. Whoever has the hot hand stays in. But I'm telling you, it's going to be Scarlet. I, I don't, I don't see how it can't be Jordan Scarlet. He's an NFL running back. Now, like there are parameters, can't get in trouble. Obviously, you don't want to get hurt. And there's parameters. You got to do this. You got to stay this. You got to, you know, because all things equal, P Ryan's really good. P Ryan's a, probably an underappreciated running back. I think Florida's running back situation is great. I think everybody knows that. I think the but smart coaches have to make tough decisions. As great as that room looks, as talented as it is, your team doesn't get any better if you share five guys the ball. No way. You tell four and five, they're going to get a lot of their carries and blowouts. And Florida hadn't had a lot of blowouts. You know, I'm, I think the good Lord I played under Steve Spurrier and not – some of these coaches recently because I would have never played because there's no blowouts. I played under Spurrier. Third third team got to play a lot. We got in the game early because we blew people out. Um, so that'll be something that I think, again, in answering the question on Facebook, uh, the Brady Ackerman show, that's how I think it'll work out. So you don't get that kind of uh, inside intellect anywhere else. I mean, think about it. Hey, I talked to Ackerman today. He gave me the scoop on the running backs. Yeah, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? He said it'll work out. It'll work out. <laughs> Man, how much you pay for that podcast? It's free. Although he did say he's charging my credit card. I got to check that. <laughs> it'll work itself out. Don't stress. It'll work itself out. If they all stay healthy, Jordan Scarlett's gonna rush for a thousand yards. I can tell you that right now. Um Floors will be a running team. Uh so we'll get into more of this, those type of topics each and every week on our podcast. Of course, um the the coaches are out recruiting, you know, and uh, you know I'm gonna try to do a little homework on the recruiting trail uh for you. But uh they, they let, let's let me just say this from what I gather. They're in on all the big names. They, they, they the transition from McElwain to Mullen has not hurt recruiting. The facilities being way behind has not hurt recruiting just yet. Um, at least as far as getting in, in, in touch. Um, now I think with recruiting and facilities, you can at least put up a picture. We're going to build this, even if you're not building it, you know, even if they're three years away. Look, man, you come here. Look at this. You're going to have a locker with a couch and a recliner and all this stuff. You can at least sell that now because they're going to do it. They've committed to doing it. You couldn't sell that before. That's big. I got a buddy of mine. He's a coach at another Division I school, and he was telling me they've been trying to build a new dining hall for four years. He said every time the recruits come in, they put the picture up of the new dining hall. When recruiting season's over, they, they take it down until the money gets raised, and they haven't been able to raise it yet. So be thankful we're at Florida. We'll get the money. Yeah, I said, do you guys update the picture a little bit? Yeah, we've had it redrawn a couple times. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? But it's coming. So at least they can put a picture up. Hey, man, Clemson's got this awesome facility. Well, you're a red shirt. You're going to red shirt a year, freshman year in the weight room. It'd be two years before that facility means anything for you. We'll have the same one here. Look at our, Look at our picture. That's what you got to do, boys and girls. We need pictures. We need art. We need drawings. By the way, did you see where Emmett took his kid to Georgia this weekend? Oh, man, the Gator Nation was up in arms. Emory Jones, uh, or, yeah, Emory Smith over at um, Georgia with Kirby Smart this weekend on unofficial, getting uh, getting the royal treatment. Look, these ex-Gators, Shane Matthews' kid, Luke Matthews was there last summer. I mean, that's just part of the business, man. They got to, you know, it's about the kids. It's not about the dad, you know? And, uh, and and Kirby Smart is an excellent recruiter. One of the best, if not the best in the country. And he treats the kids great. Uh, you know, I, never t- I didn't take my kid to because Kirby wasn't a coach at Georgia. But uh, Shane Matthews, my good buddy, took Luke up there. And they just treated him like he was a five-star recruit. Luke's not. You know, I mean, he's going to be a preferred walk-on somewhere. And they offered him. People were up in arms. They treat him right. Um, I'm not saying Florida's not recruiting Emory uh he's an h-back i believe tight end type uh great kid but let me tell you where they met where florida messed up i'm standing in arlington texas on the sideline you know emmett was the honorary captain when we played michigan so we're talking you know we were teammates and i'm not name dropping or nothing i mean he'll tell people he knows me more than i tell people i know him i mean i was the man in college let me just say that but um the, uh, his son's standing there and I said, How you doing? And, and I, mean, I hadn't seen him in years. So I had four touchdowns last night. He had four touchdowns last night and he's a uh, rising. So he, I think last year was his sophomore or junior year. He's not coming out this year, I don't think. I think he's 2020. But anyway, I said, You got any offers? He goes, Well, Ohio State, Oklahoma. I go, oh, Ohio State, oh, congratulations, Oklahoma, congratulations. How about Florida? No. Not an offer? No. This was September, or whatever last year when we played Michigan. I'm like, are you kidding me? How do you not offer Emmett Smith's kid? Even if You don't want him. Gotta offer him, right? Uh Dan Mullen quickly offered Emory. Quickly. As soon as Dan Mullen got the job, I wanna say within a week, you recruit Nase with know this he offered him. Good player. Emmett Smith's kid. Come on, man. Come on. All right? I don't know what those guys were thinking. I mean, really. Come on. Jeez Manetti. It's not like he's a stiff, you know? And offers are just offers. Y'all will figure that out. But anyway, uh, he's a good kid, good good, good football player, real good football player. So we'll keep an eye on that. There's my recruiting for this show. That's going to do it for this podcast, our next one coming up uh, in the near future. want to make sure that you, uh, if you like uh, shows on social media, Buddy Martin, the savvy old veteran, he and I will be at the World of Beer in Town of Tioga in Jonesville, that's in Gainesville, on Wednesday night from 6 to 7. You can watch the show live on Facebook or You can watch it afterwards on Facebook at the Buddy Martin Show page. Thanks to Campus Outfitters for uh, sponsoring this podcast. Until next time, so long, everybody.